0: We really like to help fathers feel like they're not alone, that they can be with themselves, be with other men, and learn some skills to how to like be a better partner, be a better father, and ultimately kind of be comfortable in your own skin.
1: Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddie.
2: What's going on, everybody? Already here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have these gentlemen talking about father, talking about what they're doing over at Evolution. It's none other than Ed Sito and Peter Gandolfo. Thanks for taking the time, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good, everyone. Well. Thanks for having us. No yeah. doubt, man. So we're going to talk about Evolution. We're going to be talking about things that you guys are doing, especially you two in, in the realm of fatherhood and what you guys do. Uh, over at Evolution, you guys are coaches, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of things. But I first want to bring good guys like yourself to talk about their fatherhood journey. I feel that you know this is a place where people can come relate, see new perspectives on fatherhood, hear about things that maybe they didn't think about as a dad. So we're going to be kind of talking about a whole different sub, a wide range of subjects. And while you know we can go almost like tennis back and forth, I'll let, you know these are fatherhood questions, and I want to get both of your answers on that. But Ed, we'll go with you, and then Peter, you can follow after Ed. Take me back when you found out you were going to be a dad, Ed. What was going through your mind, sir?
0: Oh, my goodness. So this goes all the way back to 2005. We'd been trying for a while, my wife and I. And when we got the news, I was excited and terrified at the same time. (laughs) Uh, uh, I remember crying. Like, tears came to my eyes. and, and, uh, And really, at that point, this was before I was a coach, I didn't know if I was crying because I was happy or because I was scared. And sometimes I feel like I'm not sure right now, but, uh, I do a lot more crying these days more because I'm, I'm just scared of what's happening in the world.
1: Yeah, no doubt. What about you, Peter? So, uh, my husband and I, Andrew couldn't, uh, get, have a baby the way a lot of people do. So it was, uh, it took a lot of planning. Uh, and I distinctly remember we were on vacation for our one year anniversary in Hawaii and getting the call uh, on the beaches of Wailea that uh, an amazing birth mother had picked us. And so um, every time we go back, we we visit the steps and the beach and and tell our son the story. He likes to hear it again and again.
2: I love that. So the, the just right there, right? Like you, you guys are locked in as dads because you can remember what you were feeling, what you were going through. And for you, Peter, it's like such a remarkable time to go back and always revisit that time in history. I love that. Peter, I'll ask you first, and then Ed, you can follow suit. Talk about some of the values that you guys are looking to instill as, as uh, your child grows up.
1: Mm. Uh, One for me is, is curiosity, curiosity about the world, curiosity about other people, Um, lifelong learning. I think, I was naive when I graduated from college and then again from graduate school that my days of learning were over. And thanks to my my work in coaching, I realized we never stop learning or I never want to stop learning. And I want my kids to, to always uh, have that mindset. Um, and as part of that, I would say uh, a growth mindset, this idea that there's something that we can want that we're not good at yet and focusing on the power of yet as opposed to where they are right now. Nice. Great. What about you, Em?
0: Yeah, love that, Peter. Um, Yeah, everything that Peter just said, but, you know, two other things kind of come to mind. One is trust. Trusting in themselves that they're good enough and they have the skills and that they belong. And, and, you know, also the direction of trusting others to a limit, you know, having people, trusting others that they they will do good with them and that they can kind of reciprocate uh, and kind of a corollary is just... You know just know that you you are good you have dignity within yourself and you're born with that and not to not to give that up but to violate it for some other reason or try to be cool or anything like that but uh but just know that you know you matter just the way you are however you show up
2: both are great answers gentlemen thank you very much for that and Talk a little bit about for you, Ed, and then obviously, Peter, you can follow suit. Just talk a little bit about something that you have learned as a dad that maybe your kids brought something out of you that you didn't even know was there or they taught you a life lesson.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't think your podcast is long enough. But uh,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> One thing that comes to mind is um, uh, Peter and I use this kind of tool to help us kind of figure out how we, you know, how we as individuals see the world. And how we kind of think and how we might behave and feel in different situations. And uh, I had, so I've done some of this work with this tool and it's called the Enneagram. But when I, when one of the things that I learned about myself that my kids reinforced was like, I know that like, I'm pretty direct, I'm pretty forceful. Like now I'm trying to lower my voice because now I'm like really, I can feel the energy of that. And one day I was talking to my kids about this tool and they were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you you scare us sometimes because the look on your face and the sound of your voice. And I'm like, wow, it was like something that was completely in my blind spot. And it took my kids, even though like I had been told this, I had received coaching myself. I'd read a lot of books. My kids told me that and that stays with me. So I'm always kind of cognizant of, am I being too loud? Like, how do I look? Am I scaring my own kids? Like, I, I wonder how other people kind of take me in. So that that was an eye opener.
2: Nice, and it's just it's about the enneagram. Like we, my family and I, I, uh, my wife and I have two daughters, and we started doing something along those lines. We started, you know, seeing which ones we are. And my daughter's like, "Oh, this is you, Dad," or "This is you, Mom," or whatever. And it was just kind of cool to see how they see us. And you're like, "Oh, that's good. Okay, I got to work on that." <laughs> so it's always good to have that line of communication with your kids, and just to see, you know, where you're at. And your kids can be, I think, they're the most. Honest and open critic of you as a person, but comes from a good place. Uh, what about you, Peter? What is something that you know you've learned?
1: So prior to becoming a dad, I think I prided myself in being a rule follower and being dutiful. And having kids that are, are different in their own amazing ways has really taught me how uh how to speak up and at ad- be an advocate for them and then eventually for myself, which sometimes means. Uh, being more of the Enneagram eight that Ed talks about and, and being willing to be direct or make say the thing that might be uncomfortable for someone. So um, that's, that's the one that comes to mind for me.
2: Nice. Love it. All right, Peter, you go first dad, hack or piece of advice you'd offer to new dads. Like I always say like, always make sure you, you you check the diaper bag before you go out anywhere. I don't care if you're just getting gas or going down the street or something like that. Always check the diaper bag. You don't want to go in there and be like, where are the diapers? Happened to me mm. once, never happened again. So for you guys, you can go first, Peter. Dad hack or piece of advice?
1: Mine would be for those that are feeding uh, with formula, get your kid accustomed to drinking it at room temperature. I can't tell you how much time it saved not having to uh heat things up in the middle of the night or on the go. Um my kid would drink it at any time. Nice. That 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 is worth its weight in gold right there. I love it. What about you, Ed?
0: Yeah, I love that one, Peter. Um great question. I'm gonna lean into our our coaching kind of practice and and world a little bit and it's still practical. And it's the idea of know what that number one trigger is for you as a dad. What's that thing that always or a lot of times forces you to get angry or lose your patience or yell uh, you know I've got and I know I don't I don't know what my number one is but well actually my number one is these dishes that never get put away so when I see that I have to take two or three deep breaths and I'm like and I and watch my voice and I say hey do you mind putting that into the dishwasher so I have to kind of modulate myself because I know if I don't really take those deep breaths oh boy Boston Ed's gonna come out angry. Boston Ed's gonna come out.
2: I felt that answer in my bones, sir. That is so true. Like, see, I'm you know, I I was a stay at home dad. I left my career in radio to be the stay at home dad, and then like I started you know working in the parenting space and running you know the art of fatherhood. But like, I'm the one who cleans, cooks all that stuff, and like I come like that whole meme. Like, there's me like now memes, but like you know the cliches are now turned into memes, right? But it's like the whole idea of like. You Know the doors open on a hot day and the air conditioning, like, what are we heating the whole, like, the whole neighborhood, or like the lights are on, like, everyone's upstairs. Why are these lights on, right? And, like, just with the dishes, too. It's like you put it right there on top of the dishwasher on the counter. What was one more step? And like, I'm bald, I joke it for a reason. It's like, you know. Two kids, uh, you know, a wife and all that other stuff, the stress, like, this is why I'm bald. That has nothing to do with genetics. I always keep on pulling my hair out when there's the lights on and all that stuff. But (laughs) I love that. Both great answers and both, you know, great pieces of advice. So new dads or just dads in general uh, follow their suit. Um, Talk about the great work you guys are doing at Evolution. You guys are definitely working um, on certain things we're going to talk about you know, the wide range of things you do, but primarily I had you on here because you guys are doing stuff in the fatherhood realm. So Peter, if you want to go first, talk a little bit about the stuff that you guys are doing over there.
1: So Evolution is a coaching and consulting organization. And so uh, partners like Ed and myself do a lot of one-on-one coaching, group facilitation and team training, specifically on the, the father's group what Ed and I are doing is uh, bringing together a group of up to about 10 dads who are wanting to do some self-discovery and personal growth work, but doing it uh, in the community of other men where they can, can learn with them and learn from them.
2: Nice. And just kind of with that, that's such a a pivot from what we've all done as men, right? In the sense of fathers, where we we feel like okay yeah we're the we're supposed to be the rock right we're supposed to be the silent caring type and just being like i right, i you know I'll, I'll move on and like i talk to a lot of guys who feel like <laughs> one of the things that my friend johan that i met in radio he's like honestly dude i didn't think we were gonna be friends i'm like why he's like you know, I'm in my twenties, late twenties. I didn't think like guys have friends after, you know, high school and college. He was like, and I just had that notion of like, nah, I'm not having friends. And that stuck with me. I'm like, huh? Like I never thought about that, but he's like, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah. Like, and I've made friends here and there through different places I lived, but we sometimes feel like, yeah, you know, everybody else needs to have their cares taken for. And then we'll just maybe sit down watch a game, write music or, you know, whatever, draw color or do something or, people go play golf, whatever. But th- th- that might be like, this is my, this is my downtime. This is it. But like we sometimes lose that connection and lose our own identity. There's the spouse part of it. There's the dad part of it, or the, you know, the working part, but we lose our own identity. So Ed, with the work that you guys do, what is some like the biggest hurdles that dad can overcome with the certain things that they might be struggling? I mean, obviously with the pandemic isolation, all of these different things, and they feel like the weight of the world is even more on their shoulders. What do you guys suggest that dads can do to kind of realize you guys talk about like identities, right? Like the different identities or the different hats we wear, mm-hmm. how can a dad kind of get back to the identity they had maybe before marriage, before kids, just so once that part is good, I think everything else comes into place, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, let me start with that identity piece because I think that you that's something that's really kind of lighting me up inside. Is that we, when we become dads, and if we're in a relationship and we have a partner, we 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 really actually have three relationships: one with our partner, maybe our wife or spouse, our husband; one with our kids, obviously, and that third relationship is with ourselves. Understanding who we are, and that's what I think Peter's really referring to is that self-discovery piece. Is like we actually want to go back to who we were before we got married, before we have kids, maybe, maybe you want to kind of mind some of the attributes that, that we had that maybe some of the skills that we lost, but you know, we really like to help fathers feel like they're not alone, that they can be with themselves, be with other men and learn some skills to how to like be a better partner, be a better father and ultimately kind of be comfortable in your own skin so that, you can actually then show up in these other two relationships, right? As a partner and then and as a as a father. So, uh, we're hoping to do that within some of the coaching programs and coaching circles that we want to do for dads. It's like just create a place where people feel safe to just share and, and just really a, really a core idea is just feeling like, hey, you're not alone in the struggle and that there's other people that are going through it and and maybe. Maybe we can help you learn some new skills and a new way of seeing or or thinking about things.
1: If it's okay, I'll add an example of, yeah. of one way that that comes together for us. Um, we have a a ritual with an evolution of starting any conversation with a check in, and when people are new to working with us, a question that we often go to is, "What's it like to be you right now?" And for people that haven't done coaching, uh, myself included, when I first got started, I would ta- start talking about things that were in my head or things that were going on in my life and, and someone would stop me and, and ask, okay, I'm going to ask the question again, but like, how does it feel to be you and, and giving people the spaciousness and the invitation to explore more deeply than I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm stressed. We have a whole feelings wheel we can draw from that'll allow people to, to become more aware and then eventually more expressive with how they're really feeling.
2: Nice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that as well. And what is something that maybe P, you can answer this first, and then Ed, you can follow even before we start recording, we just kind of talked about the different things that dads are struggling with, or dads are kind of dealing with and certain groups I've seen that dads, uh, we've lost a couple of dads to suicide. And and it's just you, you wonder, like one of them, I remember saying, like, well, we knew it was gonna happen. You know, it just it stinks. But we knew I'm like, to me, as a person that tries to be an optimist, and I'm like, how can that be? Like how you dive into that conversation? Like, well, we knew that that person was struggling and all that other stuff. And you and and just all the different things that they were weighing on. And like, to me, you always want that, like Hollywood ending, like we can save that person. We can do that. But like, sometimes we get, we don't see the forest with the trees and all of a sudden more and more things are weighted uh, upon us. And we feel like there's just the, the burden of so many things. Like, and and sometimes you your your family doesn't see it because everybody has got their own positions and their own roles right and if you don't have a person like the checking in like you guys do right in the beginning which i love that question and that exercise if you see a friend kind of struggling or if you kind of see yourself having issues like what are steps that we can take as dads and as men that will not only lead by example to our our family but also lead by example to other friends and and the idea of like exploring, like, Hey, I was going through the same thing. you I feel like you're going through right now and this is how I got out of it. Or this is what helped me. What are some of the signs that we personally might not see, but there are things we're struggling with That Like it takes a little while. And then also too, how can we help other guys in the situation that they might be not in the best, best of places?
1: Sure. when, when someone reaches out to me, one of the first things I want to ask is what uh, what kind of support do you need right now? As men, we can be very quick to go into solutioning um, or giving advice. And sometimes that's not at all what someone needs, um, particularly in really challenging things, things with our kids where there's no easy solution, uh, terminal illnesses, loss of life. Uh, there is no quick answer. And as men, we can often feel this tendency to, I'm just going to avoid it because I don't know what to say. And so making it okay to let someone know that you're showing up and you don't even know what to say, but you're there to be with them is a starting point. Uh, Beyond that, I think trying to normalize what it's like to be not okay or to be working on ourselves. I've been going to therapy for 18 years and uh i'm encouraged that it's become more and more normalized but i want people to know that uh, getting help whether it's doing therapy doing some personal work or talking to a friend doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you it means just like going to a personal trainer you're wanting to to take care of yourself
2: nice ed you want to share your thoughts on any on...
0: yeah yeah uh I, lo- I love that peter um yeah but i can fairly i can i can say this i think fairly safely is like for peter as well as like you know we try to create an environment where people feel like they have some connection and again that they can show up as whoever whoever they are and and whatever issues they have uh, or challenges they have in their lives so one of the things that we really kind of think about is when we when we probably do some of this work and we have fathers in in some of the programs that we have is like doesn't mean that you have to share your feelings although we welcome it, doesn't mean that you have to show up and try everything that we're offering, because you don't have to. Everything's by choice. And when you get into a space like that, when you feel like, oh, you know what, I can be safe. I can be safe to participate or not participate. I can be safe to share something and connect with somebody else, Uh, because ultimately what we're trying to do is create a a really kind of a, a time and a space where people can just be who they are. And when you do that, people tend to then start to try new things they seem to come out of their shell. So ultimately, that's something that we're really kind of focusing on, and is creating that type of environment and that type of um, something I learned very deeply from Peter, like this this real sense of psychological safety that you can be who you are and not be fearful of being like made fun of or uh, that you're, you know, that you're afraid to make a mistake. So that's that's the stuff that we love to do
2: nice i thank you both and another thing this is gonna sound like maybe a weird question but like i remember i was actually watching a series um for uh for interview prep for this one uh, author and that he the his book turned into a tv series and it was talking about like you know the, the two characters like hey everything's gonna be all right or hey after like a, something like tragic like how are you doing and i think some guys when like they're trying to console or comfort one of their friends they don't like ask that question like how are you like I think people use that like, hey, how are you feeling? And after like something like really tragic or something's going on, of course, they're not feeling great, right? And it's just like a way to like maybe enter a conversation. And sometimes guys were like, I don't want to ask that question. Or, like, I don't know what to say. From your perspective and your guys's experience in, in working with people, what is a way that s- a friend can approach someone and just ask them how they're doing and not like the 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 typical question that might seem like you're just asking a question to see how they're doing but sometimes there is that fear of connecting or saying like yeah like you like you said it like i don't want to be made fun of for asking like how how that person is doing after someone there's a tragedy what is some good steps that we can take that we maybe not have thought about but it's a great way to connect and open up a conversation because you always say like you know we all know this your kids come home from school do you have a good day yeah no. Fine. Well, well, you know, like those open, like you got to ask more than just yes or no questions. So how can we as guys and as dads have like start up those conversations that might be hard to initialize?
0: Yeah. I love that question. Art. Um, we want to avoid like yes or no questions. And I agree with you that like a lot of times in our world, and our society right now, when we ask the question, how you doing? How are you? It, it's, it, it's just really another way of saying hi. Right. It's not even really a question. So one of the things that we lean on a lot is just really asking asking like sincere, genuine, open-ended questions. And those are typically questions that you've thought about and to begin begin with what or how. It's like, hey, like I, I do this with my kids a lot. It's like instead of saying, hey, how was your day? Because they respond, like you said, or right. is it like, fine. And it's like, what was I was like, what was what was what was the highlight today? What was the thing that most challenged you? And I admit they they can still say nothing. It can still be a one word answer, but typically it'll bring out, oh yeah, I had this problem in math class or no, I had a great day and I, you know, I did this thing. It really opens up a a, a lot of, um, a lot lot more variety and and more spaciousness. And I think if you do that with colleagues, with other fathers, with, you you can really kind of open up again, a, a safe space to really kind of share and connect at a deeper level.
1: Nice. What about you, Peter? One way is kind of a version on the rose and thorn uh, reflection question, but what's something that made you laugh today and what's something that got hard? Uh, People will tend to be expansive of it. And if, if you know someone's going through a really hard time, it, it doesn't mean they've got to focus on what the big thing is. They might be frustrated with, uh, they got stuck in traffic or something that, is relatively transactional, but that is, is where they're at and where they want to share.
2: Nice. And one more question before we finish off with the father of quick five. And again, I thank you for your time and your insight. So we know sometimes we, as this is going to sound very stereotypical or sexist, I guess, but guys, we can kind of be like skeptical and like, why do I need coaching or why do I need help? You know, I, I can do this on my own. I feel like, The people that you've worked with, the people who started coaching, there's it's not it doesn't happen all at once. Doesn't happen. It's different for everybody. What is something? What was someone's aha moment or aha experience that you can share where someone was like, you know what? Because I bet you get this a lot. I was skeptical doing this, Peter Ed and Ed, but like now I did it. Like because I feel like once people hear that, it's like oh, that'll be my same skepticism and oh, that's maybe a result I want. So. You guys see this every day. You guys work with people constantly. One of you guys can go first. in the matter of if you want to go first, and then you can finish. What is something that the experience that you can share that people who might've been skeptical, but like, you know what? Thank God I did this.
1: It happened to me today. I've been working with a client for six months and his reputation at work is that he gets a lot done, but he's also very transactional and low touch. And his response has always been, I don't have time for that. I got to get it done. And uh, it got challenging with us about a month ago when he said, hey, I am dreading going into our sessions. They're not fun for me. And and yet uh, we, we pushed through. And in particular, I had him read a book on leading without authority that talked about the importance of building connection with people. And in our session today, he was able to come back and share What was some ROI, some returns he's seeing on the stuff he needs other people to do that is actually lightening his load instead of it feeling like more work?
2: Nice. Thank you very much for sharing that. What about you, Ed?
0: Yeah, I think what comes to mind is in our coaching, and our work, whether it's individuals with groups, uh, one of the things that I think still surprises me to this day is when people say, wow, I was skeptical, but just the way you listened and it sounds so basic, but when someone is really with you and they're listening, you can feel it. You can really feel it. And and Elton, what that means is that you're seen. And how many times in our lives, especially as fathers, like, do we feel like we're not seen? And we get that through coaching. Um, uh, Peter is a, just an amazing listener and friend. So I feel that every time I'm with him. And it kind of goes back to the old concept is when you're in that environment, one-on-one or in a group and you feel listened to and seen, right? You don't feel like you're alone. And that's when, I don't want to make this sound too like poofy, but that's when the magic happens. That's when you can start to see new options and you start to open up and you start to share a little bit more and more and more. And when you do that, right, change starts to happen and things, you start to see things differently. You start to do things differently. And if we can do that incrementally each day as a parent and as a person, by the time the kids leave for college, hopefully you, you have done your job.
2: No doubt. Nice. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, just talking about listening and just being seen and heard, Uh, you know, one of the themes that comes on this podcast is like people say like, you know, the dad advice I'd be like, remember, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? <laughs> Listen more, talk less, almost like Hamilton or whatever. But like, it, again, like I know you guys probably see this a lot in your line of work where, cliches are there for a reason they say a baby changes everything and we all know that that is so true so again i appreciate the work that you're doing and i hope uh, my listeners will you know go to evolution uh team uh, uh online and just kind of see what you guys are doing and hopefully you know a set of programs um i know we kind of talked about some fun stuff some fatherhood stuff and then obviously some heavy stuff with the work you guys are doing we're going to end off with a fatherhood quick five five set of questions ed you can go first Pierre, you can finish Favorite family movie? Do you guys have one?
0: Oh, uh, probably anything in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, nice. In that, in that, I don't know what's four of them now, maybe five, whatever that.
2: There's four, and then the fifth one's coming out soon. So yeah, nice. All right,
1: Peter. Um, a recent favorite that we introduced the kids to was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, good one. I think that movie still stands out. <laughs> so like, there's some movies you show with your kids. You're like.
2: I don't know about this or like, yeah. just like the things you're saying, but like.
1: We tried to watch the toy and we had to stop it because it was just wrong on so many levels.
0: Richard Pryor. That's Richard, <laughs> Richard Pryor, one. Jackie
1: Gleason, and uh, just not okay. I just remember like was like his name was like US and
2: like the way that she would say his name.
1: <laughs> yes. And that that portrait that was behind his chair
2: uh favorite family song or genre of music or band you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to oh peter
0: you go first please
1: as a gay man it was uh it's lady gaga and and my husband and i pride ourselves that they can be listening to any kind of music and if it's lady gaga they'll recognize her voice
0: nice yeah wow no- I'm not so musically inclined, but like I have to lean on my wife. She's like really into English beat, so that kind of genre. So, nice. uh, Yeah, I'll go with that.
1: Some '80s throwback.
2: Nice. Describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be?
0: Oh man, Uh, we've been fortunate to go to a lot of great places in Europe and Asia, and we go to Hawaii a lot because I live in California. But I won't name a specific place. But I'll, I'll recall we went to Europe. We went to Italy group with Peter's help with recommendations <laughs> and it was just it was just the idea of sitting down together with low wi-fi and being off the phones and having every single meal together for like nine ten days so I would do that in any town in the United States if we could just sit down talk to each other without
2: a phone great conversations always are sparked around the dinner table nice I love that Peter what about you
1: well, a recent favorite one was our spring break last year when we took the kids to Costa Rica. Oh uh, yeah, uh, a monkey stole my uh, my son's apple and we got to see dolphins, a dol- pot of dolphins at sunset around our sailboat. Uh, <laughs> in terms of one I want to go on, uh, Italy would be the top uh, food. My family's heritage is there and, and just a, a chance for us to be together without tech. Sounds like a great, great trip.
2: Love it. Favorite thing to do with your family is?
1: Well, my favorite thing would be to go hiking, but it's not the rest of my fa- family's favorite thing. <laughs> so I'd say the collective favorite thing is that we love going to movies and it brought us great joy last year to go back to the movies mm-hmm. for a long, we we took the kids to see Maverick and it was just like, oh, this is, these are things you can't do watching uh, on a screen at home.
0: Nice. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's just eating uh, eating really good food. Uh, going back to the Italy trip, one of the last things we did was we had so much great pasta, but we're like, we just need to eat some sushi. So we found the sushi place in Italy and just it was an all-you-can-eat and uh, there's nothing like eating with the family and seeing their smiles on their faces when they when they enjoy something.
2: Nice. And last one, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be?
0: I'm getting choked up a little bit. Uh, yeah, if they said, if they said, uh, he's my dad.
2: Great. That's a great response right there. Nice. Love it, Ed.
1: I don't expect this word at anytime soon, but nurturing. Nice. Then supportive and fun.
2: Great. Great three words, gentlemen. Really appreciate that. Obviously, I hope you guys can support the, the great folks over at Evolution and see what Peter and Ed are doing. I think now more than ever, we kind of just need. Extra help, right? We just in this society and just the way things are kind of, we feel like we're doom scrolling or we just watch the news or feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. And uh, unfortunately, I've seen that take a toll in the fatherhood community. um But you guys are doing great work. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Like I say, go to evolution.team. Uh, that's their website. I wish you uh, you guys, obviously, with your work success, but obviously with your family, I wish you guys continued success. And again, I appreciate you guys taking your time. Thank you,
0: Alex Hart. Pleasure to be
2: thanks for checking out this week's edition of the art of fatherhood podcast please rate subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts and also go to art you can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly dad's doing it right column the collector of the week and many more plus you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games collectibles all that good stuff go to art and please make sure you rate subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts because i'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the art of fatherhood podcast thank you so much
1: Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to the artoffatherhood.net.